Shomrabyug. Welcome to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Descender, Volume 1, Tin Stars, Collecting Issues 1 to 6 of the Image Comics comic from 2015 <laughs> by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. That's close enough. Yeah, we're going to stick with that. Not a little. It takes me far too long to do intros. But yeah, we're, we're back. Looking at comic books. Yes, I like comic books. Yes. So this time we're taking a look at a sci-fi uh, series from 2015. Image Comics published it, as I said already. Um, it's, it's, it's a very enjoyable comic. It's a bit of a, a space opera. A bit of a space opera. Modern and updated space opera. A lot of robotics. Mm. A ton of singularities. Um, classics, classic tropes. It follows the adventures of Tim Twenty One, who's a little cyborg robot boy. He's a little. Uh, he, he's not a cyborg Ben because the cyborg is part human, part robot. He's oh, yeah. he's just an android. He's a full android, mm. full android, mm-hmm. android. Um, and he's very special. He's a very special little robot because um, he's got a bunch of code that leads to a big space mystery. A big space mystery. Um, and there's a couple of very important characters in it. There's the UGC, which is the United Galactic. Confederation? Oh, I thought it was club. But yeah. Yeah, it could be the United Galactic Club. Uh, it's the United Galactic Federation. That's your kind of evil, ominous government space thing. Is it? it we see, we don't know. We're kind of in the middle of trying to figure all this stuff out. It's a, It struck me as a bit more possibly bureaucratic than flat out evil. It's certainly no Galactic Empire. Yeah, it's it's not that. It's not a, a fascist organization running through the, the, the galaxy. But anyway, it, we, we center on Tim 21. When he has an old wake up, he mm-hmm. finds himself on a deserted mining planet. Classic sci-fi trope. Deserted mining planets. Mm-hmm. No good. Um, and he goes to find all the people that he used to know, but they're nowhere to be found. Well, Ben, you know, we are going to do full spoilers here, aren't we? Because everyone who's listening has already read it. Yes, because that's the whole point. Of this that's the whole podcast. point of having a book club. Yeah. They're, they're not nowhere to be found, Ben, are they? they're no, they're, 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 they're out there. They're, they're all dead. dead. They're all dead. dead. They all died. Um, and poor old Tim 21 wakes up um, with his little robot. Little robot dog. Give us a brief, um, give us a brief filling in, Ben, on what you thought the the main kind of plot of it is. So basically, this is not in medias res, but it certainly takes place after a big event, um, a couple of years after a massive event. So a huge kind of, I suppose you call it a cosmic horror element of something. Mm-hmm. Huge robots emerge from space and yeah. destroy most of the civilization. They're known as harvesters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've kind of come out of nowhere. Um, as far as I can tell, the UGC thought they had the most advanced robotics in the universe, thanks to a man called Dr. Chen. Chen? Chen? I think so. Could get it wrong. I thought he was a lady in the first couple of panels. <laughs> he does look ladyish in the first couple of panels. Um, but they thought they had the most advanced robotics. And then these guys came out of nowhere and obliterated everything. And nobody understands them. But after some careful analysis, they found that the harvesters share similar code with Tim 21 robots who mm. were built as companion robots. This line of robots were built as companion robots for other people, which is creepy in itself. But we'll get into that in a bit. Do you think it's necessarily um, creepy? I don't think it's necessarily I think creepy. I a child companion of any kind is creepy. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily surrogate agree. Children it, robots. They are surrogate children robots, but also they're... Actually, I suppose we... The the kid who Tim was built to to companionize Andy Andy he doesn't appear to have a father or siblings he has nothing and he doesn't get on well with other people mm. he has his mother but his mother appears to be a busy mine working lady yeah she's she's overseeing a mine yeah she's so a mine I don't think it's that creepy for the it's kid a, no but um, I'm assuming it has other 
applications. Oh, is that where you're going? Where you replace your your own dead child with a, a new child. Oh, I thought you kind of. I thought you might have meant it like a sex robot or something. I mean, you could, but I'm not going to go that far because it's not really mentioned in the universe. So no, that's... it's not a huge leap to think that there would be sex robots in that universe. Well, look, though we don't need to think about the massive implications of weird child sex robots. Is that not why we're having a comic um, book discussion club? Yeah, well, <laughs> look, we'll get to it after I finish my my summary. Basically, it becomes a race to to access this technology because everybody wants to either understand what makes the harvesters tick so they can avoid it happening again. Yeah. Because they didn't defeat the harvesters. That's one of the most interesting things for me. The harvesters came, destroyed everything, and then left. They're kind of a natural force. Yeah. Really. A kind of a, a universal antibody, yeah. if you will. It's coming to fight an infection. And of course, humans and other sentient life forms, we're the infection. Mm. Classic sci-fi trope. Um, but basically, it becomes a race to get to this. and um, We become very aware of two very different schools of thought. There's the anti-robot people, Mm. who uh, exist on the planet Nish uh, or Ginnish but I'm assuming it's Nish um, or Nish Nish um, which would just be very fun to say for an entire podcast and the UGC wants to access them um, because as it turns out the, the head of the UGC the, the kind of commander of the UGC wants to build his own little uh, anti-harvester robot army to try and it's fair enough I think the it's perfectly legitimate defence yeah. uh, concern absolutely Um it's a very interesting series. This this race happens and we're introduced to different characters as we go along. There's the father of modern UGC robotics, Dr. Chen, who, who turns out is a bit of a, a, a milksop. He's a bit of a, an unsavory character, isn't he, Ben? He's not great. He's, He's not a great man. Um, we've uh, traditional female badass, Telsa. Um, she's a blue lady with red hair. Yeah, I, f- I find her quite attractive. Because she's, of course you do. Of course you do. It's basically Mystique. If Myst- Mystique was a sexy space captain. There's a bit of Mystique to her, all right. There's yeah. a bit of... Um, E-V-E-D from um, Mass Effect to her as well. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be all that certain of that because I'm not a Mass Effect guy. Well, look, you know? we'll be getting there later. Let, um, me, let, me, let me tell you, Ben. I'll tell you this for nothing. We'll be getting there later. Well, we're going to be introduced to Driller. Driller's a real killer. Driller um, Driller Killer is very 2008 Yes. He represents very much represents very much the working class robot. Mm. Um, it should be noted that in this universe, there's no questions about artificial intelligence and the singularity. It has happened. Yeah. Robots are completely sentient. sentient. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of the politics in this comic are based around the rights of the individual, um, regardless of species and whether or not we can actually have that um, as a result of all that. We've also got other classic sci-fi tropes. There's like a, little do- hunters. a little dog robot. There's a little dog robot. Uh, um, anytime the little dog robot is on panel, Ben, I get nervous. Yeah, it's great. That something's going to happen to us. Who is your classic? As you've put it before, he exists to show when a character is strong. He's kind of a badass until he needs to not be a badass. That's Who Mr. is he? Tullus. Is he the Mr. big Tullus bodyguard? Is the big grey bodyguard that looks after Telsa. Does he do anything? Uh, he does later in the comic. But, ben, uh, don't talk about that. No, 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 no. Later in this volume, he oh. does some stuff. Does he? Yeah, he does some stuff. I don't remember him doing anything. Comic. Yeah, look, 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 look. There's some... look at the bottom of the comic. Okay. Look at the bottom of the comic. Now. Does he kill a man? No, he ends up being a gladiator in a pit. Oh yeah, no, I knew he did that. Yeah, yeah, he does that, but he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he's he's kind of there as a big brooding force, mm-hmm. um, and he he later serves for for exposition purposes. But look, it's a fascinating sci-fi comic. It's one of the better sci-fi comics that I've read, um, in recent years. It's very enjoyable. I found myself reading it very easily. Mm. Um, I didn't struggle to get through it. You read it on a on a tram. I read it on the tram, Ben, when you gave it to me three days late. Three um, day. All right, that was unnecessary for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, throw Ben under the bus. Ben, throw Ben under the Lewis oh. with the comic. Ben, it is it is very easy to read. It's very enjoyable. I was a little bit 
compared to other other comics we've read for our own enjoyment and for this, it was I was a little bit dissatisfied with it being a coherent little block of a story. Yeah, it doesn't do that. It finishes mid story. It 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 doesn't so much finish on a cliffhanger as it just finishes in the middle of the story. It doesn't we said of let's say injection which we talked about a few weeks ago yeah we said that that was a nice little package of a graphic collection you can enjoy the first five issues very easily on its own and it would tie up yeah. this isn't like that no it's a saga this, this finishes this is like when rt radio television oh, used to cut a film off and go to the news it's because rt is a bunch of bad eggs yeah but look that doesn't mean it's bad though because it has left me wanting to read the rest of it which is I very much want a good series. It is. I very much want to know what happens to Tim and Driller Killer and Bandit. Bandit, the, Bandit and the little robot dog. I like that everyone gets Tesla's name wrong. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a running joke. It's a real love letter to space sci-fi from the 70s. It's I think Is it's, that what you got from it? Uh, not not entirely, but I think a lot of it is is very, you know, world-building and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One, one of the things that I enjoyed Dustin Wynn was asked um, He's done a wonderful name of pronouncing his name. Wonderful job of pronouncing his I'm, name. I'm, I'm working hard. I don't. I don't want to be misconstrued here. <laughs> um, he mentioned in a in an interview. He was asked how the world building went. Did you do a lot of research to build mm-hmm. the world? And he said, "Not really, to be honest. A lot of the world building because it's a monthly comic. Mm-hmm. They don't have hours to build a world in the same way you would if you were building a movie or something like that." Yeah. He said a lot of it was on the fly, and then it was narrowed down based on the characters and what would suit the. Story, so I think it's a good example of express world building, and we're really only shown it from a character's perspective, which is what makes it more entertaining as we go along. I mean, some of it's interesting. I, I found the planet niche, yeah, very interesting. You, I, you didn't think it was a bit niche? It, it was just a touch, just a touch. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I found interesting was the kind of Orientalism vibe that go I got from that planet, where it, it's very much based on. Kind of a Middle Eastern. There is a Middle Eastern, yeah, a big fat sultan kind of aspect. I don't know how I felt about representation of different characters as, you know, we don't like technology on this planet and they still have gladiator pits and it's all very barbaric Mm -hmm. and clearly a very authoritarian. So, you know, there are touches of that, but I suppose when you're referencing and when you're building a new space world, you have to reference culture points for people and that would be one of them. But it's one of the more toxic ones that kind of pans in. It's a very typical, from an art perspective, Probably one of the most beautiful books that I've seen in a while. Uh, Dustin Wynn um, wrote, or sorry, didn't write, uh, drew, coloured and inked the entire thing himself. The whole thing himself. And it's, what do I know Dustin Wynn from? Uh, you would have known him from Streets of Gotham. He did a whole run on Batman. Right. Um, and he's popped up through Image Comics throughout the years. It's always great for a variant cover. I mean, look at that panel there. That's just like a great panel. Um, it's the one where, unfortunately, poor tells his mother is being... Cut in half by Harvester. Yeah, but it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, panel. It's beautiful work. He consistently matches his colouring. Um, he builds great... Uh, you can always visually read your way through the comic. Yes. His flashbacks are in different colours. Um, different locales keep their colour palette. It, it's just a beautiful the characters piece of work. are very visually um, coherent. Visu- it's always the same person. You're never going, who is that? Now, where he gets a little bit of criticism is his characters can be very generic. But when you're when you're creating a huge, uh, spanning world and watercoloring it yourself, I was going to ask Ben, it. as you know, you're a, you're classically trained in the arts. <laughs> this is a watercolor work, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's quite, all watercolor. It's quite obviously watercolor work. Yeah, very hard to do. 
Is it? Watercolor is a traditionally one of the most challenging mediums in terms of consistency. I like the often the amount of white on a page is quite unusual. He's very to... comfortable with his medium. Mm. But there are times when he doesn't have any and it, it really does create a brand new effect when he does that. There's a good example right there. If we take a look at um, Tim 21's original reconnection with Bandit, um, yeah. the page where he transforms to a full robot so mm-hmm. that we're aware of what he is, is very interesting. It's a fascinating thing to see. Um, I think some of the, like, in terms of art, I think it's fantastic. Jeff Lemire does a classic job. Very human characters, despite not being human. Very easy to f- find them relatable, engaging. He's very good at writing a bad egg. Mm. Uh, Dr. Chen is a great example of that. Such an unlikable character in some aspects, and you do feel a lot of sympathy for him on occasion. Um and his hand gets chopped off. And his hand gets chopped off. That's a fucking scene I didn't see coming. Mm. The harvester design is fantastic. Um, the harvester designs very much have harken back to a celestial, a Jack Kirby celestial. Yeah, I have that right here. Do you have that in your notes? Look, it's in my notes. It's not my first day, Ben. It's not your first day. Look, serious Kirby vibes from the harvester. I believe you. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's what it is. It, it's a little bit of, I, I think, heavily influenced by Kirby's universe and cosmic work. Um, and he does a great job of modernizing it for this one. The Harvesters have that very much, the Jack Kirby uh, Celestial. Like Galactus or a Dark Side? I wouldn't say Galactus or Dark Side. I would say specifically the Celestials in the kind of uncaringness. Yeah, they're just there to do a job. They're just there to show up and do a job, and everyone's like, what's that big, huge robot thing? And then it blasts them. I think one of the most interesting things here that you see, you see again, another massive criticism of civilization and empire and um, the arrogance that goes with both of those things. Do go on. Um, well, the UGC, when we initially find them, have clearly been one of the most powerful organizational forces in the galaxy yeah. that they're in. Mm-hmm. And then oh, that, that rug is whipped firmly out from under them yeah. um, by the harvesters. The harvesters come out of nowhere and everyone's like, what are these things? Are they an alien race? Are they a new threat? Blah, 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 blah. And no one's prepared for them. There's, there's nothing they can do to fight these creatures. They can only run. Mm. Um and it's later revealed that that's where all their technology comes from. Um, it's stolen work from an ancient civilization of robot people um, from way back in the past. So, possibly. Possibly. It's well, possible that there's going to be time travel or something in the future. Oh, I don't want time travel, but we're, we're going to hope that doesn't come up. Um, one of the interesting things is it, it really critiques the arrogance of a people to, or the lack of understanding where your work came from. Or where your civilization came from. Um, I was reminded a lot of the It quote. is only by standing on the shoulders of giants, Ben. I was ben. just about to use that quote. <laughs> you just stole it from me. But, Why did you even bring notes? But you could have just asked me. I could have just asked you. Uh, but these, this this empire has very much forgotten whose shoulders they're standing on. Or maybe it's didn't well, know in the yeah, first Yeah, it was hidden from them, Ben. Um, I think that's because an Because Dr. Chen's twist. a fucking bad egg. Yeah, he's no good. Um, we find out towards the, the climax of issue five and, and six that Dr. Chen's a big old fraud. He's a big old liar, Ben. Big old liar. He just found a robot yeah. and, and stole the technology. He's a weasel. He's he's always willing to give up Telsa and Tullus mm-hmm. to save his own skin. Um, and he's even willing to give up Tim 21. Mm. Well, he doesn't he's have any particular loyalty to Tim 21. He shouldn't. It's a robot to yeah. him. And yeah, absolutely. And then at the same time, it's not like he did it out of nothing. He did adapt all that technology and turn it into this functioning 
new technology. Oh, he's still obviously a genius. He's still a genius. Mm. He's just not an original genius in the way that everyone thinks he is. He's Mm. not the father of this concept, but he is the adapter of that concept. And we get to see a lot of that. I think scientific arrogance is a a big theme running throughout it. This, This cold, detached quality and whether or not it has a place in society. He is a scientist very much that looks at the bottom line which is fact and data and empirical evidence and stuff like that and and you know whether or not that actually has a place one of the the common things that we see is telsa who is a typical badass lady and she's living in the shadow of her father who is the leader of that empire she finds tim she's 21's, essentially a warrior princess it works quite well um she finds tim 21's emotions very difficult to deal with um and she keeps asking him to turn down his empathy chip um and at one point he has the outburst of uh, I can't. That's I'm what adaptive. I'm made for. Yeah, That's what I'm, I'm made. Adaptive. I'm made to look after I, people. Yes, I only I'm... learn from the people around me. Mm. Um, and it's a fascinating thing to come across to see that. We're introduced to the robot resistance as well. There's some Holocaust vibes as well going oh, on. Oh, there's some strong Holocaust vibes. So post-Harvester, um, basically humans and other Societies. organic life forms. Societies, yeah. yeah. Other organic life forms turn against robots. Yeah. And they see them as basically a representation of the harvesters or a threat or a threat they're Mm. not sure whether that will happen and i think what's interesting is in a modern context populism is very much critiqued there Mm. where this is a massive uh, backswing from what they had because robots were their way of this was their new wonderful technology robots did everything strong irobot vibes um, on that end of things i got a good bit of irobot from it yeah a good bit of ai a lot of ai because you know ai is about a child companion robot with He was a sexy robot. Sexy robot. And Haley Clark Osmond, is that that kid's name? Uh, yeah, Joe Haley. No, Joel, I think you're Joel, Joel Haley Osmond, I think oh, is what it is. Yeah. But I, I can't remember. Anyway. There's some vibes of him. There's some vibes of him, little boy robot. Yeah. Um, I do think he's an intensely likable character, Tim 21. He's written very he's well. He's more likable than Haley Joel Osmond. Um, if anything is more likable. What a creepy child. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we get to see that. And it's... Again, it's very well built to look at societies. I was surprised at the diversity that we see in the different characters. Um, Many people have compared it to Star Wars. And I find that a very unfavorable comparison. I think this does a better job of building a world in Star Wars. Well, then I'm going to step in here and I'm going to compare it to something else. I know that you are not a fan of Mass Effect, but this this could be a Mass Effect comic. And do you think it steals too much from us? Arguably. Now, I want to say, Ben, before I start this, I thoroughly enjoyed this. But if you bang open the first page there. Very Mass Effect. That first page with the shuttles and the green, but the white, that is the Citadel from Mass Effect. Okay. And Mass Effect is set in a universe, Ben, where as species enter the stars, they form an alliance Okay. various intergalactic species and their entire society is this gleaming white society with hover cars and space stations but their society is based around technology they found from ancient alien races Oh, and it turns oh. out Ben that all of that technology uh, was seeded there by these ancient races who then come back every 10,000 years and harvest oh. all of the sentient races oh, no. And uh, the people are worried because the the things that come back are giant robots. And any sort of AI in the universe is easily corrupted by these giant robots. Oh. Right? (laughs) Um, Oh. And when was Mass Effect brought into effect? Before this. Uh, Even if you take a look at, um, if you take a look at Tesla, she looks, she's got 
a lot of ED going on. Blue vibes. But she has a bit of Miranda Lawson about her costume as well. Now, if you're not a Mass Effect fan, that won't make no, a lot of sense. No, I understand what you mean. But uh, you keep an eye on it. Um, Mass Effect 2, Ben, right. is set oh, after no. the Harvesters. They're called Reapers. In But, Ben, if you hearken back to one of your favorite songs, Reap, Reap. Reap. Reap means harvest, Ben. So yes, Reapers, does. Harvesters, it's it the does. same thing. Same thing. Um, Mass Effect 2 is set in the kind of dystopian part of the Mass Effect universe. And it very much looks like on a space station called Omega, Omega or Omega, depending on where you're from. Omega. And that very much looks like the world of um, of Descender post Okay. The attack of the... That's not good, is it? Well, Ben, I'm not saying it's not good because I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I do think it's very good, but it's interesting. I, I had no idea. See, I never would have noticed any of those similarities because I'm not a gaming They're man. They're very, very strong. If you like this, Ben, you should give Mass Effect a go, even if you're not a gaming man. I will. Because Mass Effect is quite a good game, but it's a very story plot-driven. Even this scene here, Ben, where the flotilla of ships approach, to figure approach out. the harvester. Um, there are several scenes in Mass Effect where you build up an armada of okay. the different, differently designed spaceships from the five or six different races, and then they try to engage the, the Reapers. It's... Uh, it's very reminiscent, Ben. Okay. The the design, the uh, thematically, no thematically, Ben, not too similar. But in terms of broad do plot points, not I don't think that uh, Mass Effect deals with uh, kind of a Holocaust imagery society turning on on robots. So it doesn't look necessarily at the heavy social socialism. It, not really. Society, sorry, not socialism. Yeah. So society based stuff. It doesn't really look at how society would react to the the appearance of the harvesters or the reapers as it yeah. is in Mass Effect. It, it's more interested in we got to fight them and blow them up with guns. So it's a little bit different it's in terms of the focus of what what we look at. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a very different story. With the same details. Yeah. there's One of the things that I admire and one of the things that I thought was a brave choice is there's not a lot of hope when it comes to the harvesters. Like, no one's saying, oh, we'll band together and we'll do this. No, you're going to lose every time you go up against the harvesters. They're just something you don't understand and they're just going to wipe you out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I got the strong kind of old gods vibe and stuff like that. Like, it, it, it's not necessarily that you're going to win here. What you can do is you can try but it probably won't pan out the right way. Yeah, that's straight out of Mass Effect um, as well. I also enjoy, um, and what, what you'll find later in the series, is m many of the robots have been turned into quite violent uh, versions. Driller being a good example of that. Um, and I think the nature versus nurture debate is very strong in this series, as we've discussed in previous things. But Driller, because of how humans have treated him, is very much anti-human. He doesn't like humans. Uh, Driller's a real killer. Mm. Um, and that's his whole thing. Driller, very much to me, Ben, was a 2008-esque character. He, he is quite, I yeah. could see him uh, being something that Judge Dredd has sent to stop or something from ABC Warrior or... I, I got a really strong Samurai Jack vibe oh, from Driller. That's interesting. Um, where it's a robot who's been sent to do something and he begins to question what he's doing. And mm. strong Samurai Jack vibes, even in terms of design. Where it's the very, he's a very geometric 
drilling unit. He's a big lumpy boy. Uh, he's a big lumpy boy. <laughs> um, and he's got some serious lumpy boy moves. Um, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed all of that. Um, as I said, the nature versus nurture thing is a huge thing. Um, and I think one of the things that's very prevalent here is forging your own identity in a world that doesn't necessarily give you one right. anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> so uh, Dr. Chen is obviously the negative example of that where he's decided to just steal an identity for himself and, mm-hmm. and make that. But Telsa fights very much to be taken seriously as a captain uh, under her father's shadow and it's as a result of that. And everyone is afraid of Tim 21, but Tim 21 has been adapting all his life to be around humans and stuff like that. He's not actually a bad egg. He's, he seems like a good bloke. To, to, to date, nothing to make us I think he's that. on a bloody time travel though and become uh, a harvester. Oh, I hope not. I think he is. Um, oh, let's hope not. But, um, it's interesting that everyone is given a role and they kind of choose to accept that role no matter what it is mm-hmm. or fight against it and make their own new identity out of the whole thing. It's kind of an interesting thing to see that theme come up again and again and again. Um, but yeah, overall, quite an enjoyable romp. As I said, Michael, to you, uh, much to your chagrin, I, uh, I bloody went and, and cheated and, and bought the deluxe edition again. Well, don't spoil anything ahead. for no, me. No, we won't. We won't. I won't. I won't spoil nothing for you. I, I will won't. literally set fire to you, Ben. Did Jesus. you get? Did you get the feeling? Oh, no, I will. <laughs> did you get the feeling that um, this was one of the most European feeling comics <laughs> of an American? Is that in your notes? <laughs> No, it did, it did occur to me, but you're absolutely right. Is it one of the most European-feeling comics of the American comics we've read? Um, I, I I would find it hard not to see a strong European influence here. It reads like a French comic. It does. That's it, where I was going yeah, with this. It, it's like, don't, don't get me wrong. I suppose we, we've been very American-centric in this, but a lot of this is influenced by Mobius as well, in the same way that, you know, Kirby would have been... Well, I, they would have influenced each other. Where I was going, Ben, was I got a very strong Metabarons vibe off of it. Yeah, it's this society that does its own thing and there are factions of that society that are beyond the understanding of other factions of the society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, a fascinating observation. And there were certain kind of aspects of Metabarons where different planets had different kind of somewhat human-inspired cultures. Yeah, so yeah. what you were saying earlier about Ganesh. Yeah, yeah, Ganesh. Um, uh, Ganesh reminded me of the mining planet on at the beginning of Metabarons, Metabarons yeah. where it had its own little culture and it was hard to go and negotiate with them because you're different. You're negotiating from with them from a different cultural frame of reference. Yeah. And what one of them values, the others are like, nah, get out of here. We don't want that. I think even in terms of empire, there's no there's no parallel there for Americans to draw from. Um, they, I suppose. Well, Justin Lemire is a Canadian, isn't he? He, well, no, I mean, Jeff Vermeer's pulled a masterstroke there in that he wouldn't have a frame of reference, but Canada was very much colonial and colonialized in, mm-hmm. in a different way. But none of the democracy seems to run through this in the same way. There's there's a royalty element, there's a, a hierarchy element to all of this. Um, and again, I suppose that, that would be one of the European frames of reference. It's hard to see Europe outside of an empirical context. Where I think this is going, Ben, and bearing in mind I've literally only read this Go on. I see Tim. I think this is going to be a struggle. This is going to go down the route of the struggle for Tim's soul. Is Tim going to fulfill his destiny and become a harvester, or is he going to fight against his destiny and, with well, the power of his friends, save humanity? I'm going to lend you now the Lux edition. You can 
I'll just bloody so. I'll just Ben look it, it's good because it has inspired me to want to read more of it how many volumes of this are there uh, well at the minute uh, it's up to five I think Six five is, volumes five, five, five of these five of the regular trade paperbacks yeah. and uh, it will be two deluxe editions combined by the time it's finished mm. um, so it's going to be six volumes is it not finished it, it is finished but the deluxe edition is not being released until the end of the summer oh. I think but deluxe edition volume two Ben what would you recommend to people who enjoyed this other than oh, just read man. more of it um, go and find yourself any of the European comics Incal uh, would be a, Incal's a, place, a good start Incal yeah. would be a great place to go if you're into this massive world building vibe if you're looking for something a little bit more American maybe Saga you could go to Saga yeah. it's not Saga doesn't have the heart that this has in the I same way I disagree with you there but uh, you can disagree with me as much as you like um, I shall I think you would probably have more expertise when it comes to this type of comic. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Incal is a good shout. Meta Barons is a good one as well. But, I mean, if you can tolerate a video game, go and play Mass Effect because it's, I know it's not a comic book, but it um, it's a very narrative-driven game and yeah. you will enjoy the... If, if what you like about this is the universe and the narrative, yeah. you'll enjoy it. The characters in Mass Effect aren't quite... Well, they're more developed because they've had a lot more screen time but they're not quite as rounded as the characters in this, I would say. Mm. Um, they're they're a bit more stereotypical. I mean, overall, this is a solid recommendation. We, I, I think very highly of it. I, I really enjoyed it. I had always resisted buying it until we started this episode because I hate having to weigh into big collections of things. Yeah, because I'm going to have to buy them. Yeah, now we're six years behind or five years behind yeah. on this. We five years of comics to catch up on. Yeah, son of a bitch. That's good though, Ben. Um, that's good. That's uh, that's all sorted now. For and a for anyone of that really enjoyed it, the, the good news is that um, Dustin Wynn and Jeff Lemire have come up with a sender, which is a, a spiritual successor. spiritual successor or um, actual same successor? universe, same universe. Um, the the big twist. Ah, uh, it doesn't matter um, <laughs> because we don't want to spoil anything like that. Anyway, as always, let us know what you thought of this particular issue. We mm. uh, we've one last thing to do, Michael. We had a lot of engagement on last week's episode. Um, we have a, the first ever collecting issues Ben's retractions. Yeah, very um, good. I went and put my foot in it and said that Jordy Pilar was almost definitely. A Hold man. on, Ben. Do you want to tell people who are just listening to this what you're talking about? Ah, sorry. Last week, uh, two weeks ago, we reviewed Injection. We didn't really review it. Uh, sorry, we book clubbed uh, <laughs> Injection by uh, Jordi Belair, Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey. We did indeed. Uh, unfortunately, I said that Jordi Ellis, uh, sorry, Jordi, Jordi Belair, Ellis, yeah, Jordi Ellis. Jordi Belair was a man. I was completely incorrect. Jordi Belair is a woman. She's a lady. And a very popular colorist. And mm. um, I'm very sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was pointed out to us by some of the fans on Reddit. We really appreciate that. Um, thank you for highlighting my mistakes. Very, yeah, very let's do a big quick shout out, Ben, because we've get, we're getting some good feedback on yeah. the various groups. Uh, hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, we will kind of coalesce into one location because we're getting some people on Facebook, some people on Insta, yeah, some people on the Reddit. Uh, so these things, Ben, they take time. It'll take time for. Uh, for, for us to figure to, out what we're doing. For us to figure out what we're doing and for everyone to coalesce into one place. Big shout out, we have to say, to Stephen Cadwell. Dr. Stephen Cadwell. Oh, Dr. Stephen Cadwell, great some lad. Great feedback. He thoroughly enjoyed the comic, Ben. Although Good. he agreed with your point that um, if he was reading it as a weekly issue, he probably would have dropped it after one or two. Because not fast enough. It's it, too stretched. Because it, it took a while to get going. Um, big shout out as well, Ben, to Guy. 
our good friend Infinity Action Figures. Yeah, absolutely. If Who always just gives us a constant bit of support. Constant bit of support. Lifting comments. We really appreciate it. Reading along with every issue as well. And he's one of our biggest uh, kind of interactors. A, yeah. real, a real community leader. A real community if you, leader. Any he rallies int- a bunch of lads. Ben, if you've any interest whatsoever, if you've even a passing interest in action figures and action figure art, go take a look. Uh, go go take a look at his his Instagram masterful page. Masterful action figure photographer. And Ben, I don't know if you know this, but he's leading this kind of thing of doing all in camera effects, no Photoshop. I didn't know this. Yeah, I, so give it a look, Ben. We love an old grassroots movement it's, here. It's deeply impressive. I, Go on, you were yeah. saying something. Uh, I was saying we love all grass movements here, uh, grassroots movements here, as long as they're not engaged in overthrowing the government or or making black people be subservient. Oh, we Jesus. Don't enjoy man. those. Infinity action figure art. Infinity action figure give art. A, Good give egg. Him a, give him a look. Good egg. Give him a look. But as I said, let us know. Um, we're all over the place here on Collecting Issues. We're on Facebook. You can go join the group there and have a chat and let us know what you think. We are on Reddit. We'll be up there uh, by the end of the week. Um, no, we'll be up by the time that you've uh, had a chat with us we're on iTunes now we've officially made it to iTunes you can check out the episode there if you don't fancy using Podbean for all things podcast related we'll be on Spotify in a couple of weeks yes so it'll take us a few more uh, issues but then we'll be on Spotify if you want to get in touch with us directly on our Instagram Michael and Benjamin's uh, podcast on Instagram is the best place to do that and if you want to take a look at the websites we will have our first case of show notes this week so you can follow along with the show notes so once you've given this a listen and you want to take a look at some new stuff let us know. We'll have show notes up and ready to go. You want to say the name of the website there? The name of the website is shomrebug.com. Absolutely. Sorry about that. Shomrebug.com forward slash collecting issues. Forward slash collecting issues. But just get to shomrebug.com. You can have an old click. It's not hard to navigate. We've made it simple so Michael can do it. Ah, very good. There we go. Anyway, that's it from us for this week. Thanks a million for reading along with us. Uh, and we'll be in touch with you about the next thing that we're taking a look at soon. Bye. Yeah. Unless you have any recommendations. Yes, you can always recommend. Send send us the recommendations. We love recommendations. Love recommendations. It doesn't right. have to be American. Doesn't it can be European as we've just covered. Yeah, <laughs> literally anything. <laughs>